0: This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, last weekend, the tensions between Taiwan and China escalated. The Chinese simulated bombing raids on Taiwan. The Chinese Navy encircled the island and the airspace. The Taiwanese was also invaded by Chinese aircraft firing real missiles. This was a show of strength and it was triggered by the Chinese president Tsai Ing-wen and she was greeted by Kevin McCarthy, the new speaker of the House of Representatives, third in line to the president. He assured the Taiwanese president of American support. All of this, of course, makes China angry in their mind there is no such thing as an independent democratic taiwan and their ambition stated is to take that island back as part of china overall and we're joined now by william yang uh, william's journalist of course who's a f- frequent guest on the stand william this conflict in ukraine putin's war in ukraine is of course very serious and very tragic But compared to the dangers of Taiwan and China getting into serious conflict and dragging America, Japan, South Korea, uh, Australia into this, they are really much more serious in some ways, aren't they?
1: Yes, I think uh, if we look at the type of uh, warfare that are likely going to be uh, rolled out and also uh you know happen taking place here um, it is indeed uh going to involve a very different type of uh, battle uh compared to the Russia in Ukraine uh, war, because I think number one, the uh, fact is that Taiwan is an island that's surrounded uh, from all sides by the ocean. So its uh, people and population are more vulnerable to any uh, blockade scenario that uh, China may be carrying out. And uh, the fact is that over the last year, we've already seen twice that the Chinese military tried to impose a uh, encircling type of military exercise that uh, has raised alarm uh, among experts and also the Taiwanese officials about the capability that Beijing is actually able to uh, carry out this type of uh, military strategy that will eventually potentially cut Taiwan off from the outside world when uh, China decides to uh, use its military to invade Taiwan. So I think that's already going to make it very different from, uh, the humanitarian casualty, civilian casualty that might ha- happen here versus, uh, what we have already witnessed, uh, in Ukraine. And we know that in Ukraine, thousands of, uh, Ukrainian civilians, uh, have already unfortunately died, uh, during the more than one year's Russia invasion and it's still ongoing. But, uh, in a blockade, clay K situation where Taiwan is essentially going to be cut off from the outside world, I think the civilian casualty right now is just impossible to measure.
0: Yes, and it, it will mean that America will have to intervene. Joe Biden has said in his presidency four times that the United States would come to the rescue of Taiwan it would fight for Taiwan. His officials have later said this isn't necessarily the case because there is no agreement between Taiwan and America and the United States that the United States should come and and defend them. In fact, there's ambiguity there about the position, because and other nations are involved, Japan, Australia, uh, South Korea, Philippines, all in that region would have issues. But the position since Taiwan began and became an independent island is, it's ambiguous, unstated. And China's assumption is that there is no such thing as an independent Taiwan in much the same way that Putin argues that there is no such thing as Ukraine. It's all Russia's.
1: Right, exactly. I think uh, this once again just shows the uh, imperialist mentality uh, of both China and Russia. Yes. And of course, I think uh, what's different in the context is that the Chinese claim over Taiwan is an extension of the civil war that has supposed you know, to have ended in 1949 after uh, the communists uh, swept out the then in power uh, nationalist uh, Kuomintang o who, which is now currently the main opposition party here in Taiwan. But uh, the Communist Party, in fact, has never had any jurisdiction or direct rule control over Taiwan since it came to power in China, in Beijing. But uh, because of the very, very complicated historical context, uh, they believe that since they were the one that hold uh, control of the entire China, they were they are and supposed to be The one that's entitled to have control and rule over Taiwan. Uh, So obviously, I think that's what they are trying to constitute their claim over Taiwan on. But on the other hand, for the current Taiwanese government, uh, they are the government that came to power uh, after a long struggle for democracy throughout this 1970s 80s and early 90s uh and so their perception of taiwan's identity and history is very different yes. uh so i think uh what we can see now is to you know i think a Conflict between the two sides on multiple different fronts: on the narrative front, on the historic front, and also I think just on you know economic and also I think military front. That is potentially, uh, I think, the tension is continuing to rise, and there is no sign that uh, how the both sides of the Taiwan Strait can try to put a halt of this escalation.
0: Yes, um, we saw in Hong Kong how ruthless the Chinese Communist Party can be, and they effectively ended Hong Kong's freedoms and culture, and that's done. The The question of Taiwan is interesting for many reasons. One is the success. There's 24 million people in Taiwan. The success in particular you produce 60% of the world's semiconductors, 90% of the most sophisticated chips that are needed for all kinds of technical, electrical computers and all of that stuff. So Taiwan is a real player economically in semiconductors and chips, the largest producer in the world and the largest exporter in the world, uh, despite the fact that they're relatively a small island of 24 million people.
1: Right, exactly. I think uh the And that would uh, be a
0: big prize for China because if they seized that it would give them enormous economic power, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I
1: mean, like China's access to advanced semiconductor technology is one area that the United States is really frantically trying to ensure that it's blocked. And it's been trying to work with allies like the Netherlands and Japan, uh, to ensure that China will not have any access to these kind of uh, technologies to help, uh, the Chinese to have a breakthrough and try to apply these, uh, Advanced uh, semiconductor technologies to its development of uh, modern weapons, uh, but I think at the same time uh, you were ro- you are absolutely right about you know I think Taiwan's uh, position in the global semiconductor technology supply chain. Uh, I think that's why it makes you know a potential conflict over Taiwan all the more consequential, not just for Taiwan itself, but also for the global economy, uh, because of uh, Taiwan's very unique strength in the global uh, semiconductor production.
0: Now, the problems. When Joe Biden speaks uh, on the record, but he is speaking out of turn, and many Americans question... That he should say out loud what everybody really knows or hopes would be true. In other words, if China makes a move on Taiwan, America and its allies in the, in the area, and indeed Britain has joined a new submarine project as well, the ACUS uh, project, uh, that will see an alliance that could defend and would defend Taiwan. There's still a problem in America. When Biden last made his pledge, a man called Doug Bandow from the Cato Institute, it's a think tank. He said to make that pledge was little short of madness. And I'm quoting him now. He said, why should war-weary America threaten to fight China, another nuclear-armed power, to defend an island of 24 million people that lies roughly 100 miles off the Chinese coast. That sort of isolationist view is shared by many Republicans. We think, uh, for example, Donald Trump and indeed Ron DeSantis, who may run for president against Trump as a Republican. How much do Taiwanese people and do you worry about an American administration that wouldn't feel obliged to intervene?
1: I think that's a very difficult question to answer uh, because as the US under President Biden has been more public about their support and also their willingness to uh, potentially militarily come to Taiwan's defense, there's also a rising Phenomenon of uh, U.S. skepticism here in Taiwan. Uh, a growing number and group of Taiwanese citizens uh, seems seem to have been convinced that uh, the more or the deeper the bilateral exchange is between Taiwan and the United States, the more risky uh, yes. Taiwan's own security situation would be. So you know, I think there has been this growing call and growing questioning of the current government's uh, foreign policy agenda and uh, priority of focusing a lot on deepening bilateral exchanges and ties with the United States. And, you know, I think uh, with a presidential election coming up in nine months here in Taiwan, and the current president uh, is going to leave office in May 2024, the call for maybe resuming uh, more closer dialogue and exchange with China has been growing. And right. uh, with the Ukraine war as a very clear, uh, ongoing example of what would happen if uh, a smaller democratic country tried to resist against a larger autocratic neighbor, uh, more Taiwanese people seem to feel like uh, they are willing to choose, you know, the option that might just ensure that there is a lot less risk of uh, leading them to war.
0: Would the Chinese Communist Party be open to that that kind of relationship? Uh, Xi Jinping, would he accept a closer relationship which would still allow Taiwan to be a free and productive democracy?
1: So basically, uh, what we believe is that he definitely prefers a political party or a Taiwanese, potential Taiwanese leader who is going to uh, be willing to have a lot more interaction with China. Uh, because then that just makes uh, all different kinds of uh, campaigns, influence campaigns that Beijing wants to uh, launch against uh, Taiwan the much more, e- much easier. But at the same time, I think uh, another important point to keep in mind is the fact that, uh, you know, I think um, China basically Xi Jinping himself is not going to ever tolerate a Taiwan that remains uh, under its yes. you know current uh, system because Xi Jinping views uh, democracy and freedom as one of the biggest threats to the legitimacy of uh, yes. his own uh, endless term of. As a leader, and the Communist Party has continued to crack down on activists and dissidents who advocate uh, these values. And so, there is no way that uh, Xi Jinping can tolerate a, uh, you know, or make a compromise that would allow Taiwan to still exist as a democracy.
0: Yes, it's a threat, an obvious threat. And, and the more successful Taiwan is, the more of a threat it becomes. Uh, President Macron of France has just finished a three-day visit uh, to Beijing and he talked to the journalists on his way back to France and he indicated that France would not support Taiwan in any conflict with uh, China. He said, why should we? This has nothing to do with Europe. Now, many people have criticized Macron. Many people uh, in Europe are angry that he should say something because it clearly will have something to do with Europe if Xi Jinping proceeds to take Taiwan and if the Russian effort in Ukraine continues. They're trying to reshape the world. So that would mean that we think, many of us, that Europe's freedom depends on American involvement. It depends on America being able to galvanize NATO and NATO being able to undertake to stop Putin, to stop Xi Jinping when they cross a line. Is that you? I'm, I'm sure you understand that is, do people in Taiwan look at this perspective and what do they think of it?
1: So, basically, I think uh, Taiwanese people and the Taiwanese leader, politician here, uh, feel puzzled uh, by what uh, Macron had said. But at the same time, I think uh, there is a consensus that, uh, you know, I think uh, there is no such uh, like, I think, overall position that uh, Europe is going to take on the issue of Taiwan. Uh, many, you uh, European leaders, European lawmakers have already come out to reject what Macron had said. Yes. And, you know, try to impose on Europe. They described uh, his attempt to try to frame himself as a leader of Europe, uh, especially on the issue of Taiwan, as disgraceful. Yes. Um, I think uh, that which is. It, which again, it was. <laughs> right. But I I think that's just another very clear, uh, you know, I think, example of how uh, Macron's uh, trip to China is truly controversial, just as uh, the comments that he's made uh, have reflected. And I believe that uh, Europe is not going to just follow through with uh, what Macron has suggested while uh, there are certain, I think, European leaders uh, highlighting the importance of the so-called strategic autonomy. yes, But at the same time they also uh, understand that the seeking strategic autonomy should not be in conflict uh, with building alliance with uh, like-minded democracies. And so I think what they view is that uh, this you know, Con- comment coming from Hong Kong is not representative of what the larger EU community thinks and believes on the issue of Taiwan.
0: Yes, although there are divisions in Europe, what you say is, is broadly speaking, true.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
0: Can I ask you, William, about the mood of people in Taiwan now? And would you share the view that Putin's invasion of Ukraine, uh, with the apparent support of Xi Jinping, has changed the geopolitical situation and made a showdown, if you like, between authoritarians like Putin uh, and Xi Jinping and a confrontation between those authoritarians and those of us in the free world such who believe effectively in law, elections, democracy and we don't want the world that Xi Jinping or Putin would create for us.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, I think uh these the war in Ukraine has definitely strengthened Taiwanese people's belief of the importance uh, for them to hold on to the uh democratic way of life and uh, safeguard the freedom that they are able to enjoy now. Taiwan continues to be one of the freest uh country and democracy here in Asia with you know, Taiwan leading in many aspects, a groundbreaking success in uh, I think safeguarding and respecting diversity, including becoming the first uh, country in Asia to legalize same-sex marriage. And, uh, you know, on other, I think, more, like, rights-related issues, I think it's also very clear that Taiwan is the example that other countries are looking to. Yes. So uh, when they see the threat to their way of life, uh, emerging from the other side of the Taiwan Strait, they, I think, and then looking at the consequence, uh, or the resistance that the Ukrainian people have uh, shown, uh, throughout the more than last year, I think, uh, it is inspiring. And also it's just a reminder for a lot of Taiwanese people that this is what they should do, and you know safeguarding democracy might come with a lot of uh, different prices, and uh, I think there is a growing awareness and consensus among Taiwanese people that they are willing to per- potentially participate and join in a potential military conflict with China if Beijing one day decides to
0: militarily invade Taiwan. Uh, did a, a senior Taiwanese opposition leader recently visit China.
1: Yes, uh, he's the former president of Taiwan, and he is also the first uh, current or uh, former leader of Taiwan to have visited China uh, for more than 60 years. And uh, the trip is symbolically important and uh, realistically controversial because of the fact that uh, his attempt, uh, at least uh, while you know, highlighting the fact that it is a personal trip, he also attaches a lot of importance, uh, political importance, to the trip, uh, saying that he hopes the trip can help to bring real peace to the Taiwan Strait. And it's very clear that uh, the strategic calculation of the trip uh, has also a lot to do with the strategic calculation and consideration of his own party in the ongoing. Uh, preparation for the presidential election in January 2024, uh, and there is a growing consensus among observers that uh, the attempt and the message uh, that he has sent through his trip is showing that the main opposition party, the Kuomintang, is going to try to frame the upcoming election as a choice between war or peace. Yes. And uh, they will be branding themselves as the real, uh, the only and real party that can bring, bring real peace to the Taiwan Strait and accusing the current ruling party as the one that will bring destruction and war and conflict to Taiwan. So, uh, you know, I think it remains to be seen whether that message uh, can really resonate with the Taiwanese voters or not.
0: Are there any signs that uh, Xi Jinping? Is looking for peace and harmony. Well, there's definitely no sign of that. And if anything, he is only
1: looking to further strengthen his control and uh, really uh, propel China's hegemony. uh, Yes. First in Asia, but uh, his ambition is not limited to this part of the world. It will, you know, go way beyond this area. We see a lot of activities and ambitions in. Latin America, in uh, Africa, yes. uh, and in Europe as well, you know, the recent strain of the uh, di- diplomatic trauma offensive that has uh, begun. So I think uh, it's very clear that China is not looking for harmony, but looking for dominance.
0: Yes. And just a final question, William, about how Putin's invasion of Ukraine and that war and the responses to it, has changed your thinking and the thinking of many uh, Taiwanese people about the dangers that we face in the coming years.
1: Well, I think it's just another reminder of uh, the, you know, collision between the two different value systems, democracy versus autocracy, and how uh, democracy can truly be fragile especially when uh, autocratic regimes are looking for weaknesses that they can capitalize on and there are growing i think a uh, co- coalition uh, among the autocratic countries to yes. try to establish or challenge the existing world order uh, and you know whether that is going to truly take over the existing world order we don't know but the threat and the i think level of the sense of urgency is definitely real and so that's why uh more and more countries are willing to step up uh defense wise or i think uh diplomatic diplomacy wise we see Japan as one of the yes. very important example of that uh you know uh and then so i think this is just the emerging world order and uh, everyone
0: taiwan could very well be caught in the middle of it okay william uh we're very grateful to you for joining us from taipei uh, thank you very much india that's william yang in taipei and we're grateful to him to all of you for listening that's all we have time for now we'll talk to you soon